Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. I'm your host, Brett Dice. If you please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a review. It really does help with the rankings. And let me know how I'm doing. But this week, I have Dan Fiend with me. And he is a COO and is responsible for operational delivery. He's had more than 30 years of experience in operation, technology, leadership, global financial services, including brands like HPOS, LTSB, and Sterling Insurance. And so he has a wealth of knowledge and we're happy to have him on the show. So welcome to the show, Dan. Hello, everyone. Hi, Brett. Thank you. You're welcome. My first question I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Oh, only one answer for me here. I I love my morning coffee. I recently discovered coconut latte Ah. and that's become my trusted friend after my morning workouts. So always coffee. No worries here. I'm a coffee lover myself. So do you have any favorite brands or anything you really, really like to drink? Uh, no, not really. Not really. I mean, I'll drink any of them. I mean, in the UK, so Pret uh, is quite popular in London. So, but en- no, any, any latte, as I say, coconut lattes now are my, have become my, my new friend. No, right. And, I gave a brief overview about your expertise. Can you give us a little bit more about your expertise? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I'm a technology leader. And as you said, I've, I've got over 30 years experience in the mainly insurance industry. I started my career working in the claims department, uh, learning the business. And then probably after about eight years or so, I moved into IT. So there I've been really lucky. I've managed, you know, I've undertaken a wide variety of roles across the whole of IT, starting off as a software developer, being a business analyst, project manager. Absolutely love my time. It's Technology has been very kind to me. In the last 10 years, I've been able to bring all that together. And as you said, I've, I've, I've operated as a CIO for two large insurers in the UK. And more recently, I've moved up into the role of a chief operations officer um, so not only looking after the IT side of the company, but also the kind of business operation. And today I, I'm proud and lucky to be the, the the COO for a data science fintech company. And we provide enrichment services to, to the market. So, yeah, re- really um, feel blessed. And, you know, my mantra has always been a challenge to improve. And I really it's all about unlocking value in businesses. and yeah, I love what I do. All right. And we're happy to have you on the show, but we're going to get into it with how do you create or what what is it to create or what does it take to create a successful digital strategy? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that, that is a tough question because uh, there's so many facets to a great digital strategy. If I was to boil it down to maybe three or four key elements, I'd say understanding why you need to change or why you need the strategy is paramount if you don't really understand why your company needs it and um, customer journeys and your uh, how it's going to impact your staff then i think 
And without those solid foundations, it, it's going to be really tricky. That then translates into a really compelling vision that everyone buys into. So, you know, you want a statement that resonates with your clients and customers, your your staff, something that people can really kind of grab onto and, and, and get excited about. And then you need a clear set of defined goals that span across that strategy and then have an ability to measure progress. There's no point in having a strategy and having goals if you if, if you can't keep track of if you're if you're kind of on the right lines. So I would say those four things, understanding why, having a really compelling vision, clear set of goals, and then being able to measure probably the the key pillars of a of a great digital strategy. I mean, it even goes to talking about more of how how do leaders create the vision for the company's digital strategy? Because I know that we can get to the nitty gritty, but sometimes we got to look above and go like, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this each year? How can a leader create this vision for the digital marketing strategy that basically everybody else can at least buy into? Yeah, I mean, well, you're absolutely right, Brett. So you need to be able to take a holistic view of where your company's going and all of the, yeah, the direction of travel. I mean, that is really important. As you say, um, most strategies will span multi-years. So to have that compelling vision that can kind of take you on that journey, yeah, you, you, you need to be looking into the future. It's not a small undertaking by any means. Um, otherwise, it would just be a standalone project that you could do quite easily. All right. And I mean, for leaders, how do they successfully sell their own PR vision to their employees? Because you could have the vision, you could have everything going, but if the employees are like, yeah, that's a no for me. Like, how do you get them on board, basically? Yeah. Okay. So I think um, given a bit more of a fuller answer to your previous question, your colleagues and your staff and employees, they need to know how the strategy is going to impact them, good and bad, and they're going to know how, what changes are coming and when. To get them really bought into it, you need to communicate regularly. And, you know, you're, you're ultimately you're selling the reason why people need to kind of get behind it um, and make it a success. So the communication needs to be frequent, but across many different channels. And so you might create small engaging videos that kind of bring to life what you're trying to do. You know, you might design posters, which are kind of like a postcard from the future, which graphically illustrate what the end is going to look like. I think it's really important to get regular feedback and comments from your colleague, colleagues and, um, and then um, where possible, that feedback needs to be shown to be shaping the direction of travel. So they feel that they've got a voice and yeah, they're involved. You're taking them on the journey. Gotcha. And I mean, when we're talking about once we do the strategy, once we kind of like figured it all out and then all of a sudden it just isn't going well, or is just a little bit off, what should leaders do to look for? for to change or pivot how what should they look for that specifically they can tweak or anything like that because i'm pretty sure a lot of times sometimes it's just a little tweak here and here but what what are some things that they should look out for if something's not going well yeah so this is a common problem and um it's something that i've actually written about brett because I, I think so many strategies fail to deliver value for their companies 
So there's lots of things to look out for. So, you know, we've talked about some of them. So having a poor vision, office politics can be, you know, that can be a like a, a barrier to if there's a lack of trust. So if the staff, if your staff and colleagues don't trust and there isn't that empathy, that can be a, a root cause of problems. Having a poor implementation strategy, the timing of the changes, you know, if if the everyone in the company is maxed out and overworked, you know, if there's no sympathy to that, that can cause issues. Not celebrating successes early and not having a, re, you know, lack of a reward structure, you know, they can all lead to things that undermine a successful strategy. So most all of us will go through like an acceptance curve. So initially we might feel quite angry or we might go into denial when there's changes happening around us and leaders need to kind of acknowledge that and help staff and um, through the, that stage of kind of um, denial. So our communication at that time might be quite different and very supporting that will then move on where we get more into more confusion, but gradually people start accepting the changes. So again, you can change the messages that you're communicating to your staff. And then in the fullness of time, then there'll be a new confidence in what's going on and, and more and more people will get behind it. So we all go through this kind of like acceptance curve and we all go through it at different speeds. So some people will get there really quickly. They'll understand what we're trying to do as a company and a group of people, and they get on board really quick. Other people, it may take may take some time to kind of get their heads around it and then understand and agree. And some people may even get just stuck in denial and the anger stage for a long, long time. So having a strategy as a leader for the different stages and Different, and then the different types of communication that you'll need to, to support people through that, I, I think is really is really key. It almost sounds like you almost need a crisis plan for your digital strategy just in case, more internal, just in case your employees are just like, nah, I'm good, I don't need this. It seems like it's almost something akin to like a crisis plan for your digital strategy for leaders. Yeah, I, well, I think you should plan, you should always have a plan B, if you look at the statistics of, you know, digital transformations and digital strategies, they have a high failure rate. So it's not a common, it's not unusual for this to happen. So I think if you go in with your eyes open and, um, and that's why it's so important to have a really compelling vision that people really get inspired by. And you've got that communication strategy that you can pivot that strategy to, counter any kind of resistance you get along the way uh, and you're providing the right support but yeah i think crisis management probably is a good way of putting it definitely gotcha and then how can leaders stay ahead of emerging digital trends because like you said there's high failure rates of this and of just new trends are coming in all all along and probably it's probably to do with higher failure rates as well so how can leaders stay ahead of the game when it comes to emerging trends in digital marketing yeah okay so there's yeah there's lots of um there's lots of sources that i would tap into so i think going to relevant conferences with peers can be a very good one because everyone's looking to solve the same problem so you know um i find that can be very valuable i've set up google alerts so in terms of researching i get 
every day like a digest of lots of different blogs and articles that are relevant you know if you really specifically set up your google that stat can be very good reading white papers social media can be really good you know twitter if you follow the right people there's a lot of good content on there that again will help you just stay ahead and spot trends as they emerge gotcha and i mean for you it's it's that would rss feeders like feedly also help as well as to pick and choose which ones you want to do they also have a list too is something like that helpful for emerging trends yeah 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 so anything so i think um yeah i think that tops up yeah and then just following someone years ago told me you know you should be thinking about how your peers in a large organization are acting so they're good people to mimic so if you if you if you dial into what your peers are doing and then they write good blogs as well and you know um, podcasts like yourself there's lots of good material out there and once you set your once you set it all up it is yeah it's just about then putting the filters in so you're not overwhelmed with kind of content and um because that in itself can be a challenge mm-hmm. and should pr pros partake in these emerging trends and figure it out like firsthand or should it just be more of just a bird's eye view for leaders i should probably say but a bird's eye view of okay, this is what's going on type of a thing? Um, well, probably a combination of both. So in my experience, having a small R&D or innovation team where you can try some of this stuff firsthand and learn lessons directly, if you can have that, that is really powerful. Um, you might not be able to have, you know, you might not be able to kind of create that. But but yeah, having hands-on, nothing beats that because you, you learn some can learn really quickly it's good it's good reading about it but the best way is to is to kind of learn directly in my experience and should pr pros emerge or basically bring in all the new trends into their digital marketing strategy to have a well-rounded one is that what's going to help it or should a lot of times you'd be like well i don't know about this maybe we should wait off for a couple years and see how big this trend is going to be because sometimes trends like really come and go and it's like oh okay that that didn't last very long or like something like drop in drop out audio like every social media is trying to do one now since clubhouse been so successful so how should they go about implementing this into their digital strategy yeah and that's really good so th- th- uh, that would depend brett on really on the risk appetite of your organization so i think some some companies that i've worked having a rounded strategy um, has suited them very well. So as new stuff comes up, you know, the demographic that their uh, their client base, it being on the cutting edge has served them very well. But as you say, it's quite high risk and you run, yeah, you not everything turns to gold. So, you, you know, you have to remember, yeah, you, you have to bear that in mind. Other companies I've worked to have been slightly more risk adverse and, may do more pilots around some of the emerging uh, tech. So maybe just target a specific audience, smaller audience, like a subset of the uh, client base um, to try stuff, um, friendly um, sort of client base where they can get the feedback and they know that it's a kind of more of a testing innovation style and then have a more of a process for how that emerging tech eventually makes it into their mainstream offering 
So I think it all comes down to uh, risk appetite. And let's say you're at one of those companies that are like, eh, we don't like these new trends very much. We, we wait. Is there a way to convince basically leaders above you if you're a leader of like the marketing or PR department? Is there a way to convince them, like, look, it, it, this one can actually work for us, even though we're more conservative about our approach. This one's been around for a while or something like that. Is there a way to convince your higher ups about that? Or is it just, let's just go with what's tried and true, basically? Well, some of the things uh, in the past I've done, Brett, that's been quite successful is actually try out some of the emerging technology on the company itself. So using some of these tools as a way of communicating internally to show like improved engagement or so, so, so rather than, so often once you, you're learning, but also when people see it firsthand, yeah. So I think you need to be challenging the status quo and pushing the boundaries all the, all the time. You just need to find that, find the right scenario where you can do that kind of in safe Harbor but then the powers that be can then see it actually, you know, for themselves and then they can make the judgment call. So with a lot of it, you know, you're, you're trying to create shareholder value. So you need to show your shareholders the options that they have to create more value than they have today. So um, it's just it's just creating the right kind of framework so that you can do that. And each company is slightly different. But if 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 I've found in the past where there's resistance from certain quarters in the organization I'll, I'll, I'll look to pivot and then do something really cool internally with the team and it might be the it team or it might be a business unit to sort of demonstrate the potential and so what what i'm hearing is basically start small then improve with the numbers for the higher ups and then be like we should do this company wide for a strategy yeah definitely yeah i think if you're in if you're not if you're not certain and there's a high amount of risk the more that you can de-risk it, I think the better. And also you can play around with it. And then your initial learnings, you may actually pivot at that point. And you may say, well, actually, now we know that. We wouldn't do it quite like that. We we would do it more like this. So um, I think small iterations, um, learning quickly is, is really important. Gotcha. And then fun question for you. If you could get rid of any annoying digital strategy technique, what would it be? Oh, uh, well, that's quite tough. Well... If it was just me, it would be email. So anything on email, just over, over probably like most people, just overrun with it. And it, I find it just, it's more of an interruption rather than a kind of, yeah. Uh, I know email has its place and, you know, it can be really good. But for me personally, the less emails, the better. Uh, do you prefer more like the Slack and that type of communication tool or do you still prefer email? Yeah, and then, yeah, Slack. And then we use a lot of Teams. I find it... Um, it just seems to be a bit more natural. And, and now that we're working from home slightly more, it seems less intrusive, whereas email seems a chore. And But maybe it's just I'm getting a bit old, Brett, and um, I need to get with the times of it. But, yeah, if I was to choose just me personally, email would be the one that I would, yeah, I would get rid of. All right. Hey, <laughs> it's your preference, and if it's annoying, it's annoying. I'd to get rid of email and I'd drink more coffee. There we go. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and any final thoughts for listeners? Um, well, no, I mean, it's an exciting time to be in technology. As you've rightly said, it, things are changing really quick. There's new techniques and stuff emerging all the time. I feel, yeah, very privileged and blessed um, to, to, you know, to have had 30 years in technology and I can't even begin to imagine what the next 30 years will be like. 
But I would say, like, you know, there's an opportunity. If we really challenge the way things work and the status quo, we can all make a really positive, lasting difference. So I think to harness that energy and excitement and then apply it to our businesses, I think, yeah, so it, it's it's a really exciting time. So be bold would be my final thought. All right. That's a good final thought. But thank you, Dan, for joining PR360 and sharing your knowledge. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. You're welcome. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a review. It really does help with the rankings and let us know how we're doing. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys. Stay safe. Be bold, as Dan has said. And see you next week. Later.